if you are a guest amongst us or you're new here, my name's San. It's really good to, to see you. As an info point, come chat to me, Lucy, some of the team afterwards would love to get to know you a little bit more. It's my privilege to um, finish our current series with you. Coming into the new year, we're going to be talking about Jesus again. Uh, we're probably, we're pretty much certain on we want to do Sermon on the Mount. Um, we want to take our time going through that probably right up until Easter. So we're looking forward, forward to that. So this series is all about Jesus. The next series, guess what? It's all about Jesus. Uh, it's going to be all about Jesus. Um, will you pray with me? I want to talk about Jesus being our salvation today. And, and I'm reminded of my own story through this. I hope and pray that as I speak, you'll be reminded of your own story, what this great King Jesus has done and I want to believe that he wants to transform lives today. I want to believe that maybe you've known him for several decades, but somehow something of joy will spring up again in you. So why don't you just talk to him right now? Just ask Jesus to meet with you today. Jesus, thank you that you're the word that became flesh and came to live amongst us. And I pray, I ask, and I pray that you would transform us somehow today, that you take us deeper into the knowledge of who you are, in Jesus' good name. Amen. Amen. So as you know, week by week, we've been looking at different aspects of this great King Jesus. And we've been saying, if you remember, if you paid any attention, that we've been looking at Jesus is the image of God. I was going to point up there. John and Andy and team are so amazing. Like we get here week after week, by the way, and it's always different. As you can tell, it's like half seating today. We can't move that big thing. So it's like, all change, put these up. So we get here, no screen. John and Andy are like, need the TV. So screen gone, TV there. It's amazing. Jesus being the image of God. If we want to know what this great God is, what he's like, we need look no further than Jesus. Look no further than Jesus. If you remember, someone once said, Jesus is what God has to say. Neil last week, wasn't Neil fantastic last week? Reminding us, yes you were, reminding us of this compassionate king, God's heart for the most vulnerable. Challenged me. But remember, Neil quoted someone else that said, Jesus is perfect theology. You know, theology is the study of God, the understanding and the study of God. So Jesus is really how we study God. You hold Jesus up and you say, man, this is how we see this creator, this sustainer, this redeemer. It's through Jesus. Colossians 1, 15 to 20. This has been the springboard text, if you like, that we've kind of journeyed through this series. And it says this, he meaning Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, rulers, powers, authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things. And in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. We've added a few extra scriptures. Usually we've just kind of springboarded from a few of these verses, but I wanted to give the 
fuller context from kind of 19 to 24. In him, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And then it says, he made peace with humanity by the blood of his cross. You know, across the weeks, as I've said, Neil last week looked at Jesus being the compassionate king. Uh, We've looked at him being creator, provider, sustainer, the comforter, the healer. Different images. Today, we're wrapping things up by looking at Jesus being our saviour. He is our salvation. You know, this is the biggest stamp that humanity needs to hear. Christ Jesus is your salvation. He's not just a way, he's the way. And I'll get to this in a little little bit. It says, he made peace by the blood of his cross. Jesus is our saviour. I love Christmas. I love what this period of time represents. And I think, Luce, I was out while you were doing this. How rude of me. But I think you set things up today by, by the declaration of Jesus arriving. And this child, Christ Jesus, would forgive humanity their sins. He would cleanse us. He would wash us. He would make us new. This is what this time represents, the day the promised saviour arrived. I love it. I absolutely love it. Christmas and Easter, the two bookends of Christianity. You can't have one without the, the other. He died and he rose again. He came, he lived, he died, he rose again. Christmas is amazing. How this king, this saviour, this compassionate king, as Neil said, this creator, this comforter, this sustainer, this provider, how this awesome being came as a baby and dwelt amongst us. And he grew. He grew. He was looked after by his parents. He grew among the people. And then he humbly bled and died upon a wooden cross for the sins of humanity, for all of our brokenness. Christmas is amazing. John 1.14, the word became flesh and made his living, his dwelling. He came to live among us, made his living. He was a carpenter. He came on a mission. I love this. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. But he came on a mission. There was a whole purpose for Jesus' coming. John 3.16 and 17, some of you know these scriptures like the back of your hand, but please listen to them afresh. These verses transform my life. And they have the power, not just because they're on that screen, but that truth contained within these two scriptures has the power to transform your life. Totally transform it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Beautiful, right? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Just look at those verses just for a moment. And I want you to think, what does that mean for you this Christmas? What does it mean for you? What does it mean for your family? Those verses changed my life And I believe that will now change the course of my family's life. It started with me. Actually, my dear Nan is a believer in Christ. From the Greek Orthodox tradition. So it's kind of part of culture. But my Nan believed in Jesus with all of her heart. And I believe that she faithfully prayed for me and my family throughout her life. 
And now this has penetrated into my heart, changed my life, and I trust and believe it's going to change my kids, my grandkids, my great-grandkids, and so on and so on. Look at that just for a few more moments. Make it your own. Jesus came to carry our sorrows. I mean, the, the broken hearts are twisted and brokenness. All of the twistedness of your own heart. You know how twisted your heart can be. The twistedness, the brokenness, all of our guilt and shame and pain. Scripture says that he carried it upon his shoulders to the cross. All of that pain, all of humanity's tears, all of humanity's rebellion for my sin, for your sin, basically the horror of the human heart, the human condition. But it doesn't stop there. Three days later, Easter's coming, but it's these two bookends. Like I said, we don't just celebrate Christmas in isolation because we're the other side of the cross now, friends. We know that the, the deed is done. It is finished. He called it was finished from the cross. Then three days later, he burst from the tomb where he surprised Mary, didn't he? Hello, Mary. He's alive. I mean, man, what would you have thought? You followed this Messiah that you thought was a Messiah. Then you'd seen him crucified and killed. Well, many of them didn't. Many of them heard he's dead. It's done. And then his greetings, Mary. Said she was filled with joy. She ran back. He's alive. He's alive. Easter's on the way. Three days later, he rose again as victorious king. That's why he's compassionate king. He's victorious. He conquered sin. He conquered death, shame, guilt. He blew them all up. And he's now sat at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Gets even better than that. He's coming back. He's coming back. We don't talk about this enough. Jesus is coming back. And it's sooner today than it was yesterday. But he's coming. He's coming back. And he's going to wrap up history. He's going to take us to this new redeemed world full of perfection. No more masks. No more vaccination boosters. No more COVID. No more pain. No more confusion. Three days And he rose again and soon to return as this king, like John said weeks ago now, that is making all things new. That's the promise of the gospel. He came, he bled, he died, he rose again, he returned to the Father, and he's coming again. John 1, 29, Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist If you remember the story in the early parts of the gospel, it talks about this man, John the Baptist, quirky fellow, eating locusts and wild honey. (laughs) I suppose that's much like our day, the vegan day we live in, right? Um, But I think he was quite an odd, (laughs) quirky chap, really, shouting in the wilderness, make way, make the path straight for this king that's coming says that John baptized as a baptism of repentance, but then he saw Jesus on the horizon. And John 1.29 says, Then, the next day, he saw Jesus coming towards him, and he said, Behold, 
the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist is saying, look, there's the Lamb. There's the perfect sacrifice. There's the spotless, blemished Lamb who's going to take away the sin of the world. Jesus is the only way to God. I don't know how you came to be here today. I don't know what your theological understanding is, but I want to boldly say that he is the only way. He's not a way. He's the way, the only way, back to the Father, back to our Creator. Scripture says he's the way, the truth, and the life, and we cannot come to God except through him. Jesus is the way back to our maker, our creator, the one who formed us. Just think about that for a moment. This dear little one on your lap. Like, look at the complexity and the beauty of what God does. Hope they're not embarrassed. They're too small to be embarrassed. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, bro. But you're just like, get your eyes off me, Sam. But he formed us. Like scripture said, he formed us. Just think about this for a moment. But the Bible says you've been made. You and I have been made in our mother's womb. We, none of us are an accident here. Some of you have been told you're an accident terribly, but none of you are an accident. None of you just sprang up and God didn't know. The Bible says he knows every hair on your head. He knows every thought in your mind, every word on your tongue. He, he formed you in your mother's womb. And you've been made in the image and likeness of your creator. I mean, that is crazy town. Think about this for a minute. I, little old me, little old you, you've been made in the image and likeness of God. It's, it's ridiculously amazing, isn't it? You're so special. You're so special. We don't tell each other this enough, and I know probably because it would be weird, wouldn't it? We just want past your special, Ben. You're special, Ruth. Jez, you're so special. But we are. Man, we're special. We've been made in his image and likeness. Transformed is what Jesus wants to do in our hearts. But through sin, this image has been distorted, it's been twisted, it's been broken. We know that full well. You only need to see the news, right? These dear little ones that have been murdered recently. It's the horror of the human heart. There's no amount of education. It will help. There's no amount of politics that will transform a human heart. Only Christ will do that. Sin has distorted us, friends. It's distorted and it's twisted us. We're covered in guilt and shame and pain and brokenness. Humanity has lost its way. Scripture says all have sinned. Romans 3, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's all of us. So we came into the world, all of us. Our hearts are broken. We hurt ourselves and we hurt one another. We don't know how to love and we don't know how to receive love. That's why we need Christ. I didn't know how to love until Jesus transformed my heart. It was all conditional. It was abusive. I love you for a reason, for a condition. 
We don't know how to love. We don't know how to receive love. Humanity is broken. And the goal was always to restore us back to that original image. It wasn't just to give us a better moral compass, although it does do that. It wasn't just to kind of give us a little wash down and a pat down and a pat on the back and say, come on up, you get, go again. Through Jesus, we get in the security and the oneness with God our maker again. He restores us back to that original design, that original image. Through Christ, we're restored and we can have peace with God. Man, I needed that. 20 odd years ago now, I was so lost. I didn't have peace with myself. I certainly didn't have peace with the people around me. But to know that you now have peace with God, it's amazing. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's amazing. Jesus has made a way. Friends, we were lost, broken, cut off, separated from God. But then Christ. But Christ. But then Christ stepped in. Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 8. Listen to these verses. Put yourself into these verses. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air. The spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, you, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects or deserving of wrath. But, this verse this first word in verse 4, but because of his great love for us. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in sins, it is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up in Christ and seated us in him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not a, of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It is by grace you've been saved through faith. This is what some of our forefathers used to, this, this is the transformation of the gospel. It is by grace you have been saved and it is all through faith. Not because you come to church, not because you've been brought up as a Christian. It is through your faith in Christ Jesus that he died and he rose again. That is the grace that saves you. And this is a gift. And the gift was his blood shed, his body broken for us on the cross, all because of his great love for us. It's crazy. Scripture also says that while we were lost, broken in every way, Christ demonstrated his love for us like this. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. I heard this two decades ago now, and I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Guys, it's his great love that made us alive. The Bible also describes this being made alive as being born again. 
You've heard that reference, right? Many of you nodding. I'm just getting old school with you right now because we don't talk about it enough. We live in this kind of contemporary world now where it's all just kind of, it gets lost. What Jesus does is brings us brand new life. The Bible refers to that as being born again. Jesus is our redeemer. He is our savior. Also referred to as born anew, born from on higher, born from God. Jesus says in John's gospel, you must be born again. You must be born again. I remember when my friend Gaz first told me, Gary, I don't know why I did that. But that's what we called him, Gaz. Told me about Jesus. Many of you have told this story time and time again, but preparing for this, I'm reminded of my own story. And I want to remind you of your own story because it's so precious. I remember him telling me about Jesus on a forklift truck. And it was like something was going on in my heart because I was like, Gaz, I want this Jesus. But I don't quite know how to say that because this is odd. And I felt something going on in my heart. And uh, as Jesus says, you must be born again, I thought to myself, oh, it's okay, Gaz, I can just come in on your ticket. You can get me in. And he, he was very clear, he said, I absolutely can't. You need to come to Jesus yourself. You need to see Jesus yourself. You need to call on Jesus yourself. And then you'll be born again. Then you'll be in this party in heaven for all eternity. Peter describes this in 1 Peter as the new birth, that we have received a new birth into a living hope through Christ Jesus. Ruth, you've received a new birth into a living hope through Christ Jesus. Salvation is about Jesus making all things new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. I want you to look at that just for a moment again. Look at just that statement. If you are in Christ, the old has gone and the new has come. Man, I needed the new. How about you? Salvation is about Jesus making all things new. It's not just about getting onto a safety raft. It's not just about kind of changing us, our moral code, and giving us a better mindset. It is that, but it starts much deeper. The core of everything we are changes. He makes all things new. We are born again, born anew, born from on high, born from God. And it's all through Christ. He transforms us from the inside out. You know, 20 years ago, it must have been 20 years ago now. I always say 20 years ago. I think it's still 20 years ago. 20 years ago. This happened. It was a Wednesday night, October, sat in someone's front room. I heard the gospel. What I'm talking to you today, this, this saving work of Christ. It was, it was Jesus is what I heard. I remember just feeling my heart change. I cannot describe to you the moment that this happened. I can't describe to you what I felt. I've done all the drugs under the sun and nothing gave me the hit that Jesus gave me, if I can be so crass. There was nothing. There was this purity, 
there was this washing, there was this being cleansed. I felt my heart being flipped upside down, inside out, being completely changed. I knew in that moment everything had changed. I encountered Jesus. I was forgiven all of my sin and I was washed new. Do you know what it feels like to be forgiven all of your sin? Like genuinely. Because I think we can easily forget this, friends. Because we carry on our nice little Christian ways. We go to church, we hang out together, which is great. I'm not ever going to condemn That's wonderful. But if, you, if we're not careful, we can forget what Christ has actually done for us. Whether it was when you were five, some five-year-olds are this big these days, whether you, when you were five or 55, that moment that you knew, man, my heart needs to be washed. My mind needs to be washed. My whole being needs to be washed. Man, it's precious. Has that happened to you? Have you been transformed by Christ? Have you been changed by Christ? Has he redeemed you? Has he saved you? Has he set you free? You'd know. Everyone has different reactions to this. Some people feel like there's a firework display going off in their hearts. My friend, a few years ago, I had the privilege of leading him to Christ. And he just went, man, I just feel so peaceful. And that's amazing. Some people weep because they're just like, oh, the horror of my heart. There is not a one-size-fits-all you would just know. So I want you to think about it. When did that happen for you? 2 Corinthians 5.21 describes an exchange that takes place. It says, for our sake, he, that is Jesus, sorry, he, that is God, made him, Jesus, to be sin for us. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. There's this exchange that goes on. All of our junk, all of my horrible heart, transformed, onto Jesus, and I get all of his right standing. It's an amazing exchange. Amazing exchange. One act changed everything. His blood at the cross. You know, this results in, in us having a new nature, with a new heart, new desires, a new conscience that is alive to truth. Alive to truth. You suddenly know there's a new way of living, not because you should, because you're new. It's because you're new. This really freaked my friends out when I first encountered Jesus. You know, I was always the last to leave a party. I was always the first to say, let's get more cocaine. Suddenly I was buying them Bibles, <laughs> telling them about Christ. I'm going, what on earth has happened to you? There was a new desire. There was something new going on. The Bible says that the flesh is the old you and the born-again nature is the new you. This means we have a new heart, carrying completely different motives. As I've said, just very personally, the drugs literally were expelled from me. I didn't need to go to rehab. I didn't need to do any 12-step program. Drugs previously ended me up in hospital. It got me in trouble with people, my family, 
I let people down. I was completely trapped in it. And in a millisecond, Christ set me free. In a millisecond. And my heart expelled this addiction. It was a new nature. I didn't try. There was just this moment of thinking, man, they're done. Also, my conscience was suddenly alive. Have you felt that? You know, that conscience that we all have, knowing right from wrong, that conscience within, the Bible says we can dull that conscience if we don't follow it. If we don't follow Jesus saying, this is the way, walk in it, we can dull that conscience. I used to lie all the time. It was part of life. Being on the drug scene, being addicted to drugs, it was part of life. I had to lie. <laughs> Lying was part of the game. I was a big, fat liar. My life was defined by it. And then there was this moment where my heart was like, nope. I remember trying to say little white lies and just feeling this Holy Spirit go, man, you've got to make that right. This is the new nature. This is because Christ is our saviour. Lying felt wrong. It was no longer compatible. Friends, Jesus is saviour. He changes everything. You know what? We're not a community that exists purely for ourselves. Like a little pastoral huddle, it's wonderful. We are to love each other. The Bible says that is the best way to reach people, that they would see our deep love for each other. That's definitely what drew me in. But we are not here just for ourselves. We are here to shine the light of Christ to the world around us. That same mercy, that same forgiveness, that same freedom, we get to communicate to the world. We get to tell the world our story. What we have received, we get to pass on. That same mercy, that same grace, it's so precious to the world around us. I want to ask you a question, but I want to start by saying a statement. I really want to see more people encounter the saving mercy of Christ. Do you? Like genuinely, do you? He does. I want to see more people experience the saving mercy of Christ. And I don't mean in some sort of nutty way where they drive and we, we strive to it, but, but somehow we see again what he's done for us. And it just naturally spills out wherever we go. Let's remind each other of that. Let's have this as front and center in all that we do, all that we are. That Christ is saviour. This is what this day, this coming season represents. It's why the angels say today, in the city of David, a saviour has been born. He is Christ the Lord. And he will save his people from their sins. The hope for this world, like I've said, is not wrapped up in politics. Please don't misunderstand me. I think we've got to do our best for justice, to fight against injustice. We need to make a stand. We need Christians in politics all over the place, in every colour. It is not found in education. Please don't misunderstand me. I hope my kids do much better than I did at school. And I want to encourage them to, 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 to do the best they can do. But trying harder in our own efforts hasn't worked yet. The only thing that's going to change this world 
is changed hearts. That is the only thing. Men and women, young and old, being born again. That's what's going to change society. So this is the application. And I'm going to invite Andy and Hannah back up and we'll just close in worship. And then, Luce, you can close us out if that's right. What do we take away? Let me read us something. This is in 1 Peter 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This is true for you if you're in Christ. This inheritance is being kept for you, who through faith is being shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though for now you might have trials of many kinds. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor to Christ Jesus. Though you have not seen him, you love him. This is true for all of us. Unless some of you have seen the actual presence of Jesus, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. This is my hope and prayer, dear friends. That Christ Jesus would awaken in us again the glory of his salvation. That he would awaken in you the glory of his salvation. That he would awaken deep within the core of who you are the glory of his salvation. That you would be filled, like scripture says, with an inexpressible and glorious joy. I mean, are you? (laughs) Are you filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy? I think some people can be. But I don't bump into many people that just go, Sam, I'm just so filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. It spills out of us time and again. But maybe, maybe, maybe we can believe and we can pray and we can ask that in and amongst all of our trials, God would fill us with an inexpressible and glorious joy of the salvation he's given us. Just briefly before I hand back to these guys, the best way for that to happen, as well as just the miracle of God doing something in your heart, is for you to preach the gospel to yourself every day. You don't have to do that in some sort of stuffy way. Just tell yourself again what Christ has done. Remind yourself of your own story time and time again. Remind yourself of the moment that he broke in and transformed everything. Preach the gospel to yourself. Lord, restore in us the joy of your salvation. Awaken our hearts again that we would see we are born again. We are born anew. We're born from on high. We're born of God. Restore in us again the the precious reality that you came, Christ Jesus. You died for us. You died carrying all of our brokenness and you rose again to give us new life.
I'd want to pray right now that a miracle would happen in your hearts. Maybe you're here today and you don't know him. As, As we worship, see what he does in your heart. At the end, if you would like to know Christ, I'm just going to invite you to come and chat to me and Lucy or some of us will be around. We'll just be hanging around. Maybe chat to someone you're with. But if something is going on in your heart today, don't leave here without talking to someone. Let's pray together. Would you stand with me? Wonderful Lord Jesus, we worship you now as our saviour as our king. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you, it was your kindness. Thank you, it was your grace. Thank you, it was your mercy and goodness that reached down. I just pray again, Lord Jesus Christ, that you would restore in us the joy of your salvation that we would see today, this Christmas, and for the rest of our days that you indeed are our saviour, Christ Jesus, the Lord. Amen.